Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, when a family opts to scatter a dead person's ashes, the location is obviously important, but it may not always be accessible. A new service in Britain offers the option of having the ashes scattered by drone. Chris Mace is the founder of Aerial Ashes. Chris, good afternoon to you. Hello, Sean. Good afternoon. So describe for us how it works. Uh, well, essentially, we use a, uh, a drone that's bigger than the normal drones that people are, are using for filming. So it's a sort of a medium lift drone. And this drone uh, is able to carry a 16-litre uh, box into which we can put cremation remains. So the box will hold the remains of, uh, of, of one person's ashes, if you like. Right. And, and what we can then do... Yeah, just on that point there, how many ashes... I suppose it's how long is a piece of string, but how much ashes does one human make? Uh, well, in terms of the volume, it's, uh, you know, people are familiar with the sort of the size of a casket that they might have with, uh, with ashes in. But what people often under, underestimate is how heavy they are. And they're often, it weighs around about three kilograms. Hmm. Crikey, yeah. You, you don't really think of that. So, so you have a container that, that, can, that can accommodate that. And um, in terms of, of releasing the ashes, is it you, Chris, who releases the ashes or maybe can a family member do it? Well, that's a good point. The, um, the release for the ashes, it's done remotely from the handset, from the, uh, the pilot that's operating the drone. But it is one of those things where we can have the families involved. So the families, uh, they, they've been involved. They might like to get involved with actually transferring the ashes from their casket into the drone itself. Mm. But also the families can be a part of uh, where the ashes are scattered and when they're scattered by operating the switch. And that is something that um, that d- does appeal to some of them. Yeah, and generally speaking, Chris, where where are the families at the time of the release of the ashes? Are they where the ashes are going to be scattered? Are they watching it remotely? Uh, we they they are at, they are usually on location, so they're not watching remotely. Um, in the, they're not watching it on a TV screen from somewhere. But the families will normally be perhaps fifty to hundred meters away from the site that we use for the scash, for the scattering. So uh, the vast majority of our scattering so far have been around the coast, uh, which is uh, which has been very pleasant and often so that we can so that we can make sure that it's a nice, quiet, uh, pleasant location, uh, pleasant location and occasion. Uh, we're often on the beach very early in the morning and then the families will stand. They'll stand on the beach uh, a good, safe distance from where we're operating the drones. And then we can fly the drones out over the surf. And uh, and then for somebody who wants the ashes scattering in the sea. Mm. Now, because I suppose people who may have had the experience of doing it, they, they don't always take into account the weather. Uh, uh, it can be too windy, which and if you're just standing scattering the ashes, that could be that can go horribly wrong. If there's no wind at all, it just drops in the ground, and so it's uh, it's kind of anticlimactic. Uh, I assume as a pilot, you have to take the the, the weather, but particularly the wind, into account. We do, we do, and we take the wind into account. Um, it's an interesting point you raised there to start with in that if somebody's scattering the ashes themselves, then it might be that the ashes blow back against them. And that's that we have found is one of the reasons that people do actually like us to scatter the ashes for them because they might be a little bit anxious about how they scatter them or uh, um, you know, how they keep it as something uh, tidy. Uh, in terms of us using the drones and the wind, we, if it's a really, really windy day, then we can't operate the drones. So we do have some limitations there. But the advantage of using the drone is that you can use the drone itself to create, uh, create a bit of forward airspeed, a bit of wind, and uh, and then when you do release the ashes, then they can 
they they have they they form a natural cloud that just sinks down to the ground uh, in a, in a and it is a spectacular uh, event. Mm. Do you have to get permission depending on where the ashes are going to be scattered? Yeah, we do. It's very this is very regulated, and I think you'll as you'll appreciate with um, a lot of the developments coming with, along with drones now. Uh, the all drone pilots need to be licensed. If you're using the drones commercially, then there's a next level of licensing. Um, but one thing you can't just do is release things from the air when you're using a drone. So we uh, at Aerial Ashes, we've had to go through um, a fairly complex series of, uh, of risk assessing um, our processes that all needs to be presented to the Civil Aviation Authority before they'll grant us a license to release ashes from the air. But then the next thing is that you can't scatter over any land without the landowner's permission. Um, so that's that's another part of the process that people buy into when they come to us and ask uh, for ashes to be scattered. Uh, we'll do that in initial investigation as to who owns the land. We'll get the permissions required if we can. Some people will say no. Um, some places where if you've it, it might be that a family favours an area that's a, a particular historical site or somewhere that's very popular with the general public. And those sorts of places are uh, are not possible. Um, we, we can't scatter ashes at historic sites. The National Trust are very guarded over mm. how they uh, manage some of the sites. And um, and we can't we can't scatter ashes when uh, at a busy location. So that's why we do often choose different times. But it is all about getting the right permission. Ah, yes, because I imagine if someone wanted their ashes scattered on the golf course that they loved, you'd probably have to do that very early in the morning or something. Yeah, but that's a, that's a great... Uh, the golf courses are a great place to um, the, where, where we can do this using our drones. I think one of the things that over the years, people have scattered ashes at golf courses and they'll do it discreetly and, um, and, and where someone has a long-term connection with with a golf course, they might have a favourite uh, a, a favourite hole um, or a particular uh, area around the course. And one of the things that, that we can do with, with uh, by using the drones with aerial ashes is using the uh, getting in touch with the golf club first of all, have the permission from them, find a time where it's going to be most convenient for the golf club. So we don't want to stop other people enjoying the uh, the, the course, mm. but uh, the, with the golf clubs themselves we can have a little bit of time first thing in the morning and then um, the family involved can always go back and use the facilities at the golf club uh, for a champagne breakfast or uh, or a simple gathering. So there's a, there's a bit of a uh, uh, symbiotic relationship that we can have with, um, with the golf clubs. Chris, thanks a million for speaking with us today. That was Chris Mace there, uh, founder of Aerial Ashes. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.